Amen. Turn your Bibles, please, this morning to Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4 this morning. Amen. God is so good to us. And you know, we, we walk around so often with our hand out to God. And, and, and I understand, and don't get me wrong, living by faith is sometimes asking God for our daily bread. Having our hand up to God and saying, God, supply for me. And I, and I, and I think that's a matter of faith. I think it's important that we do that. But sometimes we're more like, gimme, 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 and I want this and I want that, and we're not satisfied with what we have. Let me say this, if the only thing God ever gave us was his son from heaven, it is enough. And we are satisfied in Christ Jesus. Well of water, never ceasing. Bread from heaven. He says in John chapter 6, the Lord Jesus Christ said, I am the bread of life. If you take of me, you'll never hunger again. You'll never thirst again if you take of that water that the woman took at the well. He wasn't talking about the well itself. He was talking about that well everlasting that springeth up to life eternal. Uh, let me ask you, are you satisfied today? I, and I know that um, in the last couple of years, we've had our ups and downs and life has been turned upside down and we've seen all kinds of things like that and, and it, it's been stressful for some and others have had great difficulty through it all but in Christ I'm satisfied he is enough I, I don't hear anybody else saying that he's enough but I, I believe he's enough for me amen listen if everything were taken from you today you still have Jesus and you're still on your way to heaven and they can't take that away from you. Eternal life. Listen, listen to me. If you can lose it, it's not eternal. If you can lose it, it is not everlasting life. Your salvation is not yours to keep. I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. But as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God. Imagine that. You're a child of God. How many of you have ever got mad at your child? Don't raise your hand. You ever had a kid, a teenager disappoint you? You ever, you ever thought about disowning them? Here, here's the thing. You, you could throw a, a a wayward kid out of your house, and you can say you're no longer my son, that does not change that relationship one bit. They are still your child. You can't change that. A wayward child may say, I'm going to leave. I'm, I'm going to be like the prodigal, and I'm going to go off into a faraway country, and, and they, they, can, they can give themselves to the world and not want anything to do with you. They're still your child. You cannot change that. Here's what God said. You believe on him, unto them give you power to become the sons of God. You can't change that relationship. You are a child of God purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ, cleansed and made whole and adopted into his family. And not only just adopted in a legal setting, you're born again into his family. You're both. And praise the Lord for it. Acts chapter 4 this morning, I'm just going to share something on my heart. I wasn't expecting to go in this direction, but I want, I want you to look at this with me this morning. Verse 1. And as they spake unto the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people 
and preach through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in hold unto the next day, for it was now eventide. Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men was about 5,000. Wow. We often talk about the day of Pentecost, but look what Peter and John are doing here. And God is working through the preaching, and people are being saved by the thousands. Verse 5, And it came to pass on the moral that their rulers and elders and scribes, and Annas the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, and as many were of the kindred of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? And if I could interject, and I don't want to add to the scripture, but I think Peter in his heart is thinking, I'm sure glad you asked. And Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, by the way, underline that in your Bible. Do you understand that the same Holy Ghost Peter was filled with is the same Holy Ghost here today? He's an eternal God. He hasn't taken a day off. He isn't sick. He doesn't even have a headache. He's fine. And he's on his throne and he's still in control. And that Holy Spirit that filled Peter can fill you. When we surrender to him, he's already indwelling you. Thank God that the day you got saved, he came into your life and he sealed you onto the day of redemption, the Bible tells us in the book of Ephesians. But you can be filled by him too. The Bible says in Ephesians 5, be not drunk with wine, we're in success, but be filled with the Spirit. You can have the Spirit of God's power today. The same, you say, well, how come we're not seeing thousands saved? I want to say it's probably because we're not filled with the Holy Ghost like we ought to be. We don't know God's power today like we see in the scriptures. Now, I understand this is apostolic. The apostles had a special dispensation from God. God's hand was upon them. But I, listen, I want to know, how many of you want to know when you're in a sticky situation that the Holy Spirit of God's working in your life? How many of you want to know when you go to the doctor and hear a bad diagnosis that the Holy Spirit of God is there to be your comforter? How many of you want to know that when you're going into an operation that the Holy Spirit of God is there as your great physician, the healer? And so we need his spirit. And we see the power of the Spirit of God as 5,000 are saved on this great day. And this is not the day of Pentecost. This is not the Spirit of God falling and empowering the church for service. This is a day that a preacher got up and preached the word and thousands got saved. And I believe with all my heart, God can still work like this today. But it takes a people sold out and filled with the Holy Ghost. The Bible says in Annas verse 6 and high the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and as many as were of the kindred of the priests were gathered together to Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, by what power, by what name have you done this? And Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither, listen, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Let's pray together. Father, help us, Lord, in this few moments we have together. 
to clearly lay out the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, I'm not sure why you would burden my heart in this way today, but I pray, Lord, that perhaps there's one that's not saved. Maybe there's a dozen, maybe there's a hundred. I do not know the heart of man, but the Bible talks about the Spirit of God in Romans 8, seeking and searching our hearts. Lord, I ask, Lord, today that you would search our hearts, whether or not we be in the faith. Lord, I'm sure there are some here that have come today that are calling themselves a Christian, but yet they have not claimed the name of Jesus. The Bible is very clear, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It's through Christ alone who is the way, the truth, and the life. I pray that you'd prick our hearts today. For those here that are saved, I pray, Lord, that they'd give themselves to prayer. If they're absolutely 100% convinced they're on their way to heaven, that for the next few moments they would pray and ask God to pour out his spirit on this place, to speak to each heart. Lord, as we pray, I pray we'd also rejoice. Thankful for what Christ has done for us that we can have a home in heaven in the presence of Jesus. So, Father, I pray that you'd guide and direct that you would work your way through your scriptures and that your Holy Spirit would speak to each heart. We, we need you today, Lord. Help us, we pray. Lord, I surrender and I ask that you'd fill me. Well, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Verse 11 of our scripture says this. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Peter is speaking here in Acts chapter 4, and he's standing before Annas and Caiaphas, who have essentially lied to them. The Bible says that in their hearts they were concerned that they preached about the resurrection of the dead, but when they brought Peter before him, he says, well, what authority have you made this man whole? So we have a mixed opinion here. I I believe with all my heart that they didn't know how to hit the subject head on, and so they thought, well, we'll start with the impotent man, We'll, we'll figure out how he got healed, and we'll find out if they have authority to speak at all, and if they have authority, then we'll go on to the resurrection, and we'll find out what's going on here. Peter was having none of it. Peter took the opportunity to simply preach Jesus. Well, there's a great example for all of us. There are so many things and issues in the life today, and I would encourage you, no matter what issue you are taking up or whatever issue others are taking up with you, that somehow we circle it around to Jesus Christ. Let's get back on track. It was several, several years ago, I was watching a program, and it was a panel discussion, and they had people from different walks of life, but one of the men that they had there was Jerry Falwell. I I know if I say that name, some get their backs up and others get upset, but I I don't care. I'm just going to tell you what happened that day. And they would throw a panel out, a discussion out there, and this this very, very extremely liberal uh, 
fellow that was moderating the discussion, he, he would throw, well, don't you think? And he'd throw a question out, and it'd be something about finances or something about terrorism. And it was, uh, he'd get into abortion, he'd get into all other things. And they'd say, well, what do you think there, uh, Reverend Falwell? And he'd say, here's what I think. I think Jesus can solve the problem. If you would give your heart to Jesus Christ. And he just, for the entire hour program, they got so frustrated and angry with him. Because everything they threw at him, he just preached Jesus. He just kept telling them, Jesus is the answer. That's what Peter is doing here. They want to know about the resurrection of the dead. They want to know about this impotent man that was made whole, the, the man that was lying at the gate called Beautiful. You'll remember that Peter said unto him, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I unto thee in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And if those rumors had gotten back to these Pharisees, they already knew what name he was preaching in. Well, they asked, who is it? He says, this is the stone which was set at naught. You builders understand this, and I believe he's talking about the faith of the Jewish religion. You Pharisees and Sadducees and you high priest, Annas, you've been building up this faith for all these years, and I want to tell you, you've taken this stone and you've set it at naught, you've set it aside, you thought this Jesus Christ was useless and no value to what you were trying to build, and so you set it at naught. The Bible says that Peter would later say in the book of First Peter, it is the stone which the builders rejected. Lord Jesus Christ was rejected and crucified. But he says, the stone which you have set at naught, he says, now is the chief of the corner. Well, Peter is saying he's the most important thing in my life. All the building blocks of the Jewish faith meant nothing to Peter if not Christ. They were all scaffolding, if you will, but the centerpiece of, of his faith was now the Lord Jesus Christ. It had taught him much about faith and taught him much about God, but everything in the old was pointing to the new, the Messiah, the Savior that would come and take away the sins of the world. Notice what he says in verse 12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. The word name there, literally means authority. You cannot be saved outside the authority of Jesus Christ. You cannot be saved outside the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus himself said in John chapter 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. We know in our hearts today that if there were some other way, listen to me, if there were some other way you could be saved, don't you think the Father would allow it? instead of allowing his son to shed his blood for us. But there was no other way. I would like to think today that I could be good enough to go to heaven, but then Christ wouldn't have had to die. I would like to think today that I could just simply try to live a good life and worship God and sing his praises and that would be enough to, to go to heaven. I would like to think that I could do good works and give to charity and try to, 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 to live a life that is pleasing, but I'd be in my flesh and in my own righteousness. But if that were all true, then Christ would never have to die. The Bible says he gave his life a ransom for many. There is none other name 
given among men whereby we must be saved. Let me say this, friend, very plainly. If you have come to God in any other way, you are lost and on your way to a Christless eternity called hell today. I'm just going to speak very plainly. Without Christ, you have no hope. Without Christ, you have no future in heaven. Without Christ, you're just playing church and you're being religious, but you're as lost as the Pharisees and the high priest. Think about this. The high priest of the Jewish faith didn't even know that you had to go through Christ to get to heaven. He had no clue. And Peter had to tell him, no, there's, there's no other way. You're looking for a Messiah, it's him. You're looking for a Savior, it's him. You're looking for a Redeemer, his name is Jesus. And you've rejected him. You've set him at naught. But he is the chief of the corner. Have you come any other way? The Lord Jesus Christ gave a parable about the sheepfold. And he says, there are those that will come in at some other way than the door. And they're just thieves and robbers. He says, well, I'm not a thief or a robber. Yeah, you're trying to steal eternal life. You're trying to get into the sheepfold another way. You're trying to use some other method or religion or good works. And, and listen, I understand we all want to think we're good. The Bible says there's none that doeth good. There's none righteous. All we like sheep have gone astray. The Bible says that broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. It's narrowed the path that leads to eternal life and few there be that find it. Because those that find it have found it through Jesus. Let me ask you, have you come some other way? Have you tried to achieve heaven or salvation through some other means? For by grace are you saved through faith. Grace is the gift of God. It is not of yourself. It is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Do you know Jesus today? Have you come in his name? I'm not going to preach very long. I just want to be very, very, very straight with you today. All have sinned, every last one of us, and come short of the glory of God. Peter understood that. He understood when he's saying this that, Annas, this is how I got saved. I had to come through Jesus. He is my Savior. He is the Christ, the Son of the living God, Peter would say. And I understood that when God sent him, he sent him to be my Savior, my Messiah, my Christ. And he died on the cross, and I have seen him risen from the grave. I've seen the wonderful power that he gives as I raise this impotent man. You want to know whose name I did it? I did it in the name of Jesus. It's as we just sang, yet not I, but through Christ in me. Is Christ in you today? It's very simple. We're all sinners. We've all lost our way, and the wages of sin 
is death. Romans 6.23. Sin, when it has its end, bringeth forth death. There's a penalty. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let me put it this simple. Some, some people say, well, I struggle understanding the King James Bible. This verse here is all one-syllable words. You can't miss it. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. 1 John 5.12 Do you know him? That's all, that's all we've been singing about today is Jesus Christ. Worshiping and praising his name. And he said, well, isn't that make me a Christian? The Bible says they will praise me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their hearts are far from me. Have you come through the name of Christ? There's no other way. Neither is salvation given by any other. There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Everybody needs to be saved. You know, sometimes I'll be talking to somebody and they'll say, and I'll say, you know, if a doctor, if you went to a doctor with a broken arm and the doctor says, well, I'm going to have to set that, you'd say, yes, sir, set that. Because you know you're going to lose circulation in your hand and eventually it's going to turn black and you're going to have to have it removed because it's not, it's not repairing itself. If you went to a doctor and he says, you got cancer, I need to cut that out, you'd say, cut that out. I know what cancer does. I don't, I don't want that. Sometimes we go to a bank and we'll say to a financial guy, hey, what, what do I do with my money? And he'll say, oh, let me, let me take your $100,000 and I'll put it here, here, and here, and you'll retire with a million dollars. And we say, go ahead. We trust him with all kinds of things. But we come to the Bible and the Bible says there's none other name and we go, hmm, I don't know. L let me tell you why. The devil lies about the gospel. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians that he blinded their eyes. Blinded their eyes. Maybe you're blind today. I've, I've asked Christians while I was praying, I'd ask that Christians would pray, and I'm going to ask you right now to pray that scales would fall from our eyes. The Holy Spirit would search the hearts of this room and make sure that we are all in the faith, that we all know Jesus Christ. There is no other way that each one of us would leave here today knowing for sure we're saved. You say, well, you preach the gospel a lot around here. Let me tell you the thing that scares me most about the ministry. Standing before God and somebody that sat in our church says, I never heard. I'm on my way to hell. My very first day of Bible college... Pastor, uh, sorry, not pastor, uh, my professor, Dr. Sewell. Some of you might remember James Sewell. He preached here in about 1980. How many of you remember that? No, it's been a while. I saw a picture in an old photo album that he was preaching here. And uh, he said, write this down in the flyleaf of your Bible. Educators graduate their mistakes. Doctors bury theirs. We send ours to hell. I've never forgotten it. 
And I don't, I don't mean to bore anybody or waste anybody's time. But I don't want anybody in this room to ever say, well, the preacher never told us how to be saved. Are you sure you know Jesus today? Let's bow our heads. Close our eyes. Why don't we stand to our feet? I'm going to ask you just point blank. Do you know Christ? Have you tried to be saved some other way? Are you holding on to something that, that makes you think, I, well, I, I, I grew up in church. Let me say this. I think the devil's in a church every week somewhere. He said, well, I, I grew up in a Christian family. Mr. Baker reminds me of this often. God created Adam and Eve and he put them in an absolutely perfect, perfect situation and they still sinned and were removed from the presence of God. Satan stood in heaven and worshipped at the feet of Jesus and still was cast out. You, you can't rely upon a, a heritage to get you to heaven. It must be Christ in your heart. Are you saved today? Do you know him? What are you holding on to? Your good works? There's none that do with good. Not one of us is good enough to go to heaven. It's all about Jesus. There's one that say, Pastor, I'm not sure. I want to be sure, but I'm not sure I'm saved. I'm not going to embarrass you. I promise you I won't embarrass you. Nobody's looking around. People are praying for you right now. Could I pray for you? Is there one? Slip up your hand. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Is there one? I understand that maybe in a crowd like this, you don't, you don't want to make a scene you don't want people to think anything would you please talk to somebody after the service would you spend some time with somebody we'd be happy to spend some time with you take a bible and show you what it means to have eternal life make my day let me ask you this if you are saved if you know for an absolute fact today that christ dwells in you are you living like it Are there things going on in your life that deny that you know Christ? Would somebody, because of your behavior, be surprised to find out that you claim the name of Jesus? Oh, would to God we'd get that right. Take it to the Lord right now. But then don't just leave it there. Change. Do something about it. We have to repent and turn away from that life. Peter and John had great power. It wasn't just because of the Holy Spirit. They were living clean. They were living for Christ. Christ.